our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hi, Sim. Hi, Sonia. How are you? I'm doing great. I feel like I did announce to the world that I was doing a social media detox. So I come to you very zen. How are you finding it? Because you kind of do these every like couple of years. It's like when people dye their hair and you're like, oh, she's going through it. Like that's you with social media detoxes. Mind you, it's been like two days (laughs) since I started it. I was being very dramatic in the intro. I'm good. I like to do it every few months. I haven't been able to do it this year and like the past year and a half-ish because hello, it's our jobs to be on (laughs) social media. But yeah, I'm in my mysterious girl era right now. Are you deleting your social media or are you just not jumping on? I deactivated a few accounts, but I've deleted all the apps. I think I'm aiming to be off all my social media for a few weeks. I kind of just want to see how it goes. I haven't put any strict timelines or any strict rules on it. I just want to see. I have felt no inkling to check anything though. I will say that. That's so powerful to be able to not want to check social media because my God, I downloaded an app the other day that like makes you take a one second breath or like a 10 (laughs) second breath before you open Instagram. And it's so frustrating and it's embarrassing because it will be like, hey, you tried to open Instagram 27 times today. And I'm like, why are you telling me? And I don't know how you do it. I just need to keep checking. Yeah. One of my skills is disassociating very quickly. It can be a strength, it can be a weakness, but I feel like I can let go of things like social media very quickly, um, mainly because I've been on a journey to be more present and to mind my own business this year. So it's really just, it's come at a good time. I thought you were going to say your strength was like finding peace. And I was like, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best. (laughs) Before we get into the show, a huge thank you to HSBC for powering this week's episode. 80% of money media tell women to spend less and make them feel bad about money. Yet more than 67% of women want to learn about their finances and grow their wealth. We are so proud to be partnering with HSBC as they pave the way for financial well-being and diversity, which aligns with our mission of empowering women. 
An integral part of HSBC's mission is to empower and support each customer with their unique wealth needs, whenever and wherever they are. So whether you're at the very beginning of your wealth creation phase and taking your first steps in investing, or you're starting to think about passing your wealth and values to the next generation, HSBC can connect you to global opportunities at every stage of your wealth journey. Jump onto the link in the description to find out more. All right, back to the show. So today we're going to be talking about the four predictions that are happening possibly in the share market in 2023. A lot of people are worried about where the share market is heading. Are we going to go into a full crash? Are we going to recover? Is this going to go on for like five or like, oh my goodness, 10 years? Or are we at a stage where we've hit the bottom and things are going to start turning around and it's going to be rainbows and fairies and, you know, the worst has passed. You know, right now at this point, the share market has had a 29% decline in the NASDAQ 100 tech index and We would probably say that this is the worst record since the GFC in 2008 if you don't really account for that short little stint that we had in 2020 with COVID in March. That is pretty significant. And so a lot of people are wondering, well, what should I expect next year? Should I be investing more? Should I be investing less? Do not worry, your investing girlies are here to break down everything you need to know so that you are prepared for 2023. Now, first things first, the first prediction that I personally have and like take it with a grain of salt is that the bear market, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, is going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. It's like having, I don't know, an ingrown hair, like you want it out right now, but it's just not getting what needs to do. You just need to let it grow a little bit bigger so that you can like pop it out easier or pull it out faster. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those instances where like, You see it, you know it's bad, but you just can't do anything about it yet because it's going to take a little bit of time. Now, Goldman Sachs came out with a summary to be like, there are two types of bear markets, one that's driven by maybe slower economies and rising interest rates, and then there's structural ones, which are driven by shocks like an asset bubble popping or a disaster. And we're definitely in the former, in the cyclical bear market. And so what that means is they tend to last only 26 months. They take about 50 months to recover though, and they usually fall, shares fall about 30%. Right now, we're sitting at around 20 plus percent, so we haven't fallen as low as previous average bear markets have, but it does mean we roughly have 50 months before it fully recovers, which was longer than I was personally expecting. I just feel like one of the pieces of advice that we give often and it's kind of like, oh my God, can you guys like say something different? Well, we won't is we tend to say zoom out. So the period that we're in right now, I just feel like we're going to war every single day with the news, you know, like we wake up and we see these headlines and we get bombarded. Our portfolio is in red. It is very panic ensuing, but I feel like the zoom out method in terms of like, I know what my investing goals are. I know how long I'm in the game for. It really helps like processing everything. What would be your top tip? Because what you just said in terms of your prediction 
I'm not going to lie, sis, that doesn't sound very fun or fresh, you know? That doesn't align with your values of being fun <laughs> and fresh. <laughs> the one issue that I've had was the fear of like, oh my God, it's going to take 50 months to recover. That's like, what, four years? I don't like that. I mean, who does? But I think what people don't realize is it's 26 months for the bear market to end, as in like it's going down, down, down for 26 months, and then it takes 50 months to go back up to where it started. And so I take that with like, I see that as good news. I'm like, oh, it's only like about two years of the shares kind of going down and we've done one year. So we only have another year of buying stocks on sale and then having a rough estimate that the year after while they won't bounce back they'll like begin their upwards trek it's like if you're on a hill right now we're going down the hill and then into next year we're probably going to start trekking up that next hill and we're not going to reach the peak for a while fair enough but it's not going to be another bear market straight away well that's the prediction at least mm. I just realized I didn't even give you a tip the tip that I have <laughs> for that is just like just being mindful of the numbers like yes people say 50 months but remembering that it's actually 26 months of like oh no my shares are going down again and down again and down again like that's a lot shorter mm. I think a lot of the stuff that you said is just a language shift in terms of stocks are on sale, everything exists in a cycle. We're in like those analogies of like, yeah, it's going to be a bit steep right now and we're going to climb uphill. Like those visual analogies are very comforting to me. So I hope anyone listening, they feel comforted too. But with this, it kind of brings me on to the second prediction. And that is, I think everyone knows now that the US economy will enter a recession. What? what? So I'm not going to go into that too deeply in terms of why, but I do think that the US economy will get its inflation under control next year, which I don't know if I'm being super brave in saying that. I think this is going to be one of those gotcha moments where people will literally record this part of the podcast and be like, Sonia, hey, remember when you said in 2023 that the Fed will actually get their lives together and control inflation rates? So the reason I think this is that a recession is actually supposed to help control inflation rates. And I think because consumer spending is somewhat down as well with all the economic indicators that we talk about in our stock market newsletter, which plug, you should be subscribed to that. It releases every Tuesday and we give you the tea on everything that is stock market related. But I think that this is one of those things that I say often, but the economy literally exists in cycles. And I feel like it is going to be such a hard year to go through. But I think on the flip end, like we'll come out so much better for it. I think in 2024, because those inflation rates are going to be under control and like interest rates aren't going to go up that high, I do think that it will encourage consumer spending. I think the housing market is going to move a little bit because everyone in the property market right now, even Sim was like, you should check out the house prices in New Zealand next year. They're going to go down by like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's a separate topic. But I I think there's going to be all these different industries that are going to be booming, which makes for a great 2024. We just have to climb the uphill battle of the economy in 2023. 
For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone, and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. I think my Spotify wrapped playlist for 2023 is going to be like Miley Cyrus, The Climb, and it's just going to be playing on repeat in the back of my head and the back of my room. Every time I see my share portfolio drop, I'm going to be like, it's The Climb. It's the journey. (laughs) It takes time. We got this. Miley Cyrus did tell me. She did warn me back you know in like 20 what 12 that this was going to happen but it's going to be okay it is going to be okay i have a positive prediction though that i wanted to add because a lot of people are thinking well okay share market's coming down stocks in general are coming down is there going to be a sale is there going to be one company that really stands out that right now is you know struggling the share price is dropping but it comes out really well in 2023 does that kind of company exist and this was predicted by motley fool and it is Amazon. Look, I hear you. I understand that some people have a gripe with Amazon. I completely understand the like hesitancy that a lot of people have with investing in it. And by no way are we saying, hey, you should go buy Amazon shares because, you know, that's so personal. There could be like 50 reasons why you should and like 50 reasons why you shouldn't. But Amazon has been predicted as the one company in the S&P 500, so out of the top 500 companies in the States, that is going to be the biggest winner of 2023. Why? Well, in their recent quarter, so in 2022, they actually generated $127.1 billion in total revenue, which is like, okay, that's a big number, cool, so what? What was interesting about that is it was up 15% from the year before. So that was 2021. So 2021, you know, we still, I would say in the midst of the pandemic, and I know the pandemic isn't over, but like staying at home, working from home, all of that stuff was very strong then. People were less likely to come out. But now that people are a bit more out and about, we're still seeing Amazon rise and people still using it for everyday products. And that is the fastest rate of growth it had in 2022. When economies are weak, businesses usually cut back on marketing spend because obviously it's like, well, we don't have a lot of people buying stuff. That means we're not making enough profit. So we don't have a budget. We like maybe could spend a hundred million or, you know, a billion dollars on marketing, but we need to cut down marketing. That's just like the normal trajectory of most businesses. However, 
Amazon ended up increasing their spend on marketing in quarter three. And so what that's showing us is that they have a strong performance right now. And that kind of hints in the eyes of other analysts that there's some confidence creeping back in the corporate world, but more importantly, confidence creeping back in Amazon shares. I will be honest, this news does not make me want to go out and just like buy 100 Amazon shares or, you know, jump up at the opportunity. But Amazon is part of the S&P 500 and quite high up there. So that's telling me that (laughs) things are going to naturally come back around. Yeah, I'm actually pretty shocked that they reported a 15% like increase in their earnings from last year because I'm like, what are we spending our money on? Like, we need to have a community meeting. Like, Well, you see, the thing is, like, I went to Canada with Sonia and that was the first time I had ever experienced Amazon because we don't have that in this part of the world. And I, like, needed a few things, so I ordered, like, a couple of like tech pieces that were hard to source in New Zealand and they arrived the next day and I was like, whoa. And then I needed like (laughs) something else. I was like, oh, I need batteries, but like I don't have a car and it's kind of cold. So I ordered batteries and then they arrived like that afternoon. And I was like, this is insane. And I can see how this stops people from like ever needing to leave their house. Like one day delivery. Are you kidding me? Yeah, look, I have to agree with you. I have used Amazon a couple of times in state of emergencies and I've been so shocked that it's just come so fast. I think living in New Zealand, it builds resilience and I think it builds patience because like when you tell Canadians that you kind of have to wait a week, maybe two weeks to like receive something, they are so shook. And I'm like, you know what? We live in an age of instant gratification. I'm so glad that I went through what I went through in New Zealand to have this experience now, you know? Sonia's like, oh, a shipping delay of like four days. That's doable. That's what I was like used to back home. (laughs) I'm so proud of you for the strength that you have. It's okay. And what you face daily. I really made New Zealand sound like we live in the medieval times. We don't. It's actually really getting better. And I love New Zealand. Well, of course, that's going to be slow if the sheep are going to be like bringing our packages. They can't walk faster. I mean, everyone always asks me how I came to Canada. I'm obviously by whale. Like, please don't be so insensitive. I cannot believe it's 2022 and I'm making whale jokes about New Zealand. I'm so sorry. I think the final prediction and probably one that Sonia and I have like come up with together is that we do believe that once the bounce back happens from this recession, once things come around the other way, it's going to be a pretty good bounce back. Like we're going to see, we've had people deal with so many like back to back horrendous incidences from like 2020 was just like, it was downhill from there. Like COVID happened, COVID is still happening. We've had such an increase in the cost of living. We've had such an increase in tech layoffs and layoffs in other regions. So that when things come around, I think this time more than ever, and with the impacts of social media and being able to see change quicker, we're going to start seeing financial recovery in a way that we've never seen before. And we're going to see a lot more consumer spending because people are going to be like, wow, I've been paying $9 for cheese and now it's $5. Like this is such a sale because obviously our salaries are not going to drop in value. We're still getting an increase in the salaries, hopefully, but things are not going to be costing as much because we're so used to putting like 80% of our salaries towards 
are spending and now it's only going to be like 40% and we'll have so much more discretionary we wouldn't even know what to do with it. Mm. So the CFRA, which is one of the world's largest independent investment research firms, they have actually put out a report that the S&P 500 typically rises 17% in the 12 months after a recession compared to a 1% loss in the year before. And post-recession periods turn out to be some of the best moments to buy I feel like that is huge. I think when we're going through what we're going through, again, I don't think it's anyone's fault because we're kind of adjusting our budgets to have more cash in our hands rather than going into the stock market, which is so fair. But I think us as investors, we kind of realize too late that, oh my gosh, like all of these companies that I was looking at, these funds that I was looking at, they were on sale. I wish I had bought then without realizing that the period that we're about to go through is those moments that you'll look back on and be like, damn, I wish I put like an extra 50 to $100 like in the market, but I was too scared. It's like our version of the global financial crisis. Like everyone back then was like, oh, I bought these shares and it did well. Or like, yeah, I bought Apple in like 1982 and like I guess I (laughs) got lucky. And it's like, shush your mouth. We are literally going to be those people. Well, if we invest, we'll be those people. Sim and I will definitely be those people. (laughs) And anyone listening, now you know, so you will be that girl. Exactly. I think that when it comes to the future with the share market and like where things are heading obviously there's a lot of fear like I do not take for granted that we're speaking because we have the knowledge and when you have such I guess strong foundations of financial literacy you can look at this and go oh okay like it's just xyz and we're going to be fine a few years later but if this was us like maybe 10 years ago we would be like pooping our pants we would be so that was my pc way of saying what i was about to say (laughs) we would be so horrendously scared i think i'd probably pull my money out of the share market i'd be like oh my god this is so risky i don't know what i'm doing let's put it in a savings account at least it can't drop like 10 percent there but when you have financial literacy you can kind of realize yes it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better yes like shares drop for 26 months and it takes 50 months for it to come back But as Feds get aggressive with interest rates, we're going to start seeing inflation eventually calming down. We'll start to see some winners with companies like Amazon. But more importantly, the bounce back from the recession is going to hit so differently. Mm. I think one of my biggest tips that we've ever given and one of the things that you can also implement into your budget next year, because to echo what Sim said, really empathize with the reallocation of costs and the readjusting of people's budgets in these trying times. What you can do if you don't have $300 a week to put aside to invest off the bat, start off with whatever amount you have, build it up to a certain amount and put it in a different bank account. Once that bank account has reached a certain amount, just say $100, just say $500, then you can use that to invest per month. Does that make sense? Oh, I love that. That's such a good hack. I just wanted to leave our listeners with an actionable step. So jot that down. I love that. Now, if you enjoy listening in, please share the podcast with your friends, put it on your story, tag girls at invest. It helps us reach so many more people and helps just make financial literacy more accessible, more 
interesting I hope and frankly just a little bit less dry now Sonia it's been good I'll see you next week until next time bye bye before we go, thank you again to HSBC for not only powering this episode, but for the rest of the season. Don't forget to check out the link in the description to find out more. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.